Hi, and welcome to Unlimited, the podcast platform that gives voice to remarkable mothers and women from the Arab world to inspire, engage, and drive growth. For this new episode of Unlimited Groundbreaking Series, we're thrilled to introduce you to Aisha Ramadan. Aisha is one of the region's most prominent names in fashion, from being awarded Young Designer of the Year by Swarovski while she was still in college, to be named one of the 30 most awesome women in the Arab world in 2009 by Arabian Women magazine, and receiving the Great Women Achiever Awards in 2011. Fast forward a few years, Aisha won the 2018 Buyer's Choice Award presented at the Arab Fashion Week. While her creations were chosen by international celebrities of the caliber of Jennifer Lopez, Charlize Theron, Karina Kapoor, Christina Aguilera, and Ariana Grande. A household name also thanks to her TV shows on NBC and La Rabilla, Aisha managed to always remain true to herself. Behind each Aisha collection and rooted within Aisha approach to life are the fruits of self-reflection, which has brought her to expand the search beyond fashion and embrace a whole new path. Stay with us to unveil how Aisha has evolved from being one of the most successful fashion designers in the region to becoming, in her own words, a designer of minds. Hi Aisha, welcome to Unlimited and thank you for taking the time to join us for this podcast. Thank you so, so much, Daniela. It's a pleasure. Definitely our pleasure. So your name, Aisha Ramadan, is eponymous of what has become over the years a very established fashion brand at international level. And your work has reached top Hollywood celebrities. What made it possible for you and your brand to reach an international awareness to this extent? Uh, I really depended on the organic growth that uh, happened with me, the contacts that supported me along the way. And uh, mostly the celebrities from Hollywood that uh, supported the brand, this is what gave it the international uh, uh, exposure. But how did it happen and how did you fuel these connections, especially in your first years of being in business? Uh, to tell you the truth, the first time I ever dressed a celebrity, I used to sell in a boutique in Jumeirah. And at that time, Paris Hilton came to shoot her, uh, her My Best Friends Forever Dubai, something like that. And uh, when she came here, she had stylists who bought some of my dresses for Paris Hilton and she was shot with it. So that was the first celebrity that I ever dressed. And then afterwards, because, you know, when we promote it, more and more stylists would get in touch and then PR companies would assist us in this process. So it was a combination of personal connections as well as PR companies and uh, them finding us out. You might not know it, but one of the very first guest speakers who joined us at Unlimited was Azil Attar, with whom I believe you have a very particular connection. How did you meet her? And how did this impact you and your career? Well, sure. It's an interesting story because I was pregnant at that time and my brand was at its peak. Um, and uh, I wasn't sure where to go from there. So one day I received a phone call from someone. It's, you know, very interesting. Some people come up into your life out of nowhere and they immediately disappear. They just serve their purpose and go. So that person literally came into my life. He said, there's someone called Azil Attar. She is looking for talents to 
support and adopt basically do you want to meet her and i said absolutely during that evening i dreamt so one day before meeting her i dreamt that i gave birth to a girl and that i was uh, feeding her i was breastfeeding her so that was a very good sign for me and mm-hmm. i believe in those signs and when i met asil i would say my life changed completely because i learned so much from her and uh, everything changed from my personality to my to my business everything really really changed and uh, to the limit that i named my daughter uh, after her name not after her name directly but i dissected her name used the letters and uh, named my daughter as an inspiration from there so yeah asil definitely had a huge mark on my life and i love her and now allow me to quote an old article about yourself um, that appeared on enigma which I found extremely unique and significant, where you stated, I design for generations of women with a common aim, to look and feel confident. Women who love themselves and are comfortable in their own skin. The kind of women that know her flaws make her perfect. So, while the fashion world is predominantly about appearance, have you always been interested in self-reflection instead? <laughs> yes to the limit that I left fashion behind me. <laughs> But what was the trigger for this change? I'll tell you something. I was around uh, you know 32 and a half years old mm-hmm. and I would cry literally I would cry talking to God and telling him this can't be it there's something major that is missing. This I'm I every time I tried to leave fashion it would bring me back with open arms but i always said there are brilliant fashion designers why do i have to be doing this i don't feel this is my purpose in life despite being really good at it and uh, quite successful at it at many points in my life and uh, on my 33rd birthday uh, i got to because because of my fame as a designer i entered a uh, some sort of a competition with a very well known brand and the money that i won i donated it to to people in need in egypt and that was the beginning of my new life completely this is where i knew every part of me knew that this is the self reflection that i was looking for through my fashion design and it wasn't about fashion it was something different not that fashion is shallow no no it brings joy and it brings beauty to people's life but my purpose in life was different it came through fashion because i needed to reach more people through fashion but it was completely irrelevant to fashion to the point that now you describe yourself as a designer of minds <laughs> i am a designer of minds so uh, i guess the designer part stuck to me from being a fashion designer but the minds part is because when we feel stuck in our realities it is because somewhere along the line we lived certain uh events in our life and from there we developed thoughts those thoughts resulted in feelings and then we we shape our reality based on those past experiences so i like to think that it's easy and i know that it's easy to re- redesign our mind through building new thoughts through healing the old ones and uh, facing what happened and just moving forward so yeah But how did people react when you first announced the shift uh, from your closest family members to your clients were they supportive did they understand your reasoning behind it 
Sure. Now, the shift started around six years ago, but officially around a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did it very organically by answering people's questions on my social media. And in the beginning, some people would go like, why are you doing this? I mean, you're a designer. And I used to just answer very simply, I love to do this. And when the questions became very heavy, so I'd received many questions during the same month telling or, or, or incidents telling me I, I tried to commit suicide, things like that. This is what I realized it is out of my league because I personally have never reached those depths. I've never been there. I never felt so low in my life. So how can I advise someone based on something I have never lived? And this is where I decided to start studying everything to do with uh, everything I wanted to do with healing and uh, and and such matters. Um, so it became more official, more formal, and I kept people in the loop, people, family, of what's going on. Of course, for the most part, family didn't believe much in it because they were very, you know, traditional, analytical. They don't believe in it if it's not a, an actual pill that you take things like that, but it didn't matter because I believed in it. And that's really what mattered. And bit by bit, I started seeing people's lives change. My life changed. And uh, I took this course um, uh, professionally around, yeah, one year ago, I'd say. I used to work for NBC TV and El Arabia for 18 years. I was extremely successful in my job. And I had a TV show for a couple of seasons, and it was about self-development. But that job was taking was draining me because it was all about news and I don't I don't stand up for news and sad news I stand up for love so there was a clash in that intention and in what I was doing there was no alignment in what I want to spread to people versus what I was working in and I took a decision which shocked everyone when I left NBC because I was at the peak I had a great relationship with everyone, very well paid, very successful, but it wasn't serving my soul plan. And I knew that that if I leave, I knew very well that if I leave, I will be able to do a lot more good. And that's exactly what happened. But it took some trust and I had to face my own fears. You know, it's normal. It's actually very human to feel scared for leaving something that brought you such stability for so long and to just go with pure intention i want to do more i want to spread more joy that will also bring me joy so bit by bit the family started believing in it when they saw when they started hearing and seeing the feedback enormous amount of feedback from people after their sessions with me and they had no choice but to believe in me and uh, frankly, I believe in in the in, in the ideology that the universe is your mirror. So if the universe doesn't believe in me, it means I don't believe in myself. So I had to work on that first. And uh, talking about the universe, it's a whole new world out there when it comes to healing therapies, from sound healing to samsara, access bar, reality transurfing. So how did you discover them, and what brought you to embrace? these disciplines rather than others a very nice question i went and i maneuvered and i studied i I took whatever felt so good to my heart some things my mind wanted to try like access bar but i wouldn't say i'm passionate about it but other things um 
like Realty Transurfing, Sound Healing, mostly Samsara, and now I have a couple of new healing modalities, they speak to my heart. I enjoy them. I, I, I see huge difference in people when when they do their sessions. So I let myself just go with the flow. For instance, many times I had the chance to study TFT, but it just didn't appeal much to me. So I don't have to be good at everything and I don't need to study everything. It's just whatever appeals to me and can serve good to others. Is there any common concept behind them and what do you find most helpful in your healing practices? Uh, first of all, when I do my sessions, I do it based on the person. What are their be- beliefs? What do they practice? How do they think? Talking to a man is totally different from talking to a woman. Um, their faith, wh- how do they think? You know, what they've been through, it's very different. This is where I start picking up from the modalities that I feel work best. So for instance, when I see a client who really, who is familiar with crystal healing, then I will talk to her about that. I will do that. I will use that crystal healing with her. But if I'm talking to a man who is very analytical and who's skeptical, I will only use reality transurfing and common sense, in other words, yeah, things that I've witnessed from real life examples. So it depends. This is where all the tools come in handy. It depends on the case. If that person doesn't believe in energy, I will be very logical in my sessions and I won't talk about energy. If that person is very religious, I will not say the universe is your mirror. I'll talk in the name of God. So it depends. And they're all real. In the end, for me, they are all real. In the end, what works for you? And this is what we uh, activate. What works for you? And I always like to say, You've tried for many years your old modality and it didn't work. It didn't serve you. So you might as well try something new. There's nothing for you to lose. And quite often they come back very happy. I like the fact that you acknowledge that at times there is reluctancy toward these methodologies. So to the skeptical listeners, in which way would you say that these disciplines could be helpful? Very nice. Very nice. So for the skepticals, when we want to talk about energy, if you tell me energy doesn't exist, I'll, I'll ask you, uh, do you, I mean, when you put a uh, magnet, do you feel that? Do you feel that source? You will say yes. Do you see it? No. That's exactly how energy is. Okay. Another thing. Have you ever fallen in love with someone? Yes. Did you see that love in your heart or did you just feel it? I felt it's the same. I mean, those who are skeptical are just looking for excuses not to believe. And there's a very famous saying, uh, which is those who don't believe in magic will never find it. In the end, it's your choice. Because anything, and that's something from Transurfing, reality Transurfing, anything can be proven right or wrong. You can bring all your proofs to make it look right or to make it look wrong. But I believe there is no right or wrong. There is what serves you now and there is what doesn't serve you anymore. And you choose. Your aim in life is to experience and expand and see how far can you go. Wow, you caught me there. And I must admit, I am among the skeptical ones. But why, in your opinion, there is such a need nowadays for a deeper understanding of our purpose? Is it just a trend or is it the real answer to a common frustration even more now with 2020 going in the way it is? Actually, I think 2020 is one of the most amazing years of all lifetime, but 
if you are not centered in your heart, you will suffer. What happened? Why do you think it happened? Do you think there's coincidences? This is not how the universe works. This is not how things work. We have been extremely dominated by the masculine energy for the past decades. And I don't mean men. I mean masculine energy, which we, men and women, have it. Our masculine side and feminine side. When we are extremely embodied in the masculine side, which means uh, we extremely care about our status, how much we're getting paid, controlling things in our lives, survivor mode. Um, again, who am I? My ego, how many followers I have. All of this is very masculine. Thinking, analyzing, this is very masculine. And it took over. It took over to the level that we have burnt the earth. We have burnt each other. We don't communicate. We don't connect. We don't know who we really are. So something like Corona comes because we have lost our balance. We need to live in balance between our masculine and our feminine. Something like Corona comes. It's not a coincidence. Man-made or not, it doesn't matter. The universe is conspiring to make something happen that will make us stop. And that's exactly what happened. If you're not going to stop, you're going to be forced to stop. And you're going to have to face your own self. Reflect. Ask yourself the questions you've been avoiding. Who am I? How have I been screwing my own life up? How can I fix things? That's why many people who were very successful in their domains left it because they now reflected and they realized they are different. This is not what they want. They don't want to be in the spotlight. That's not what matters to them. What matters to them is many, many other things, many other things, mostly their truth. 2020 is the year of truth, energetically speaking. And it was set since last year, by the way. It's the year of truth. In other words, if you don't choose truth, if you don't speak your own truth, if you don't face who you really are, you will be forced to do it. That's why there are many splits, divorces, um, being fired, things like that, death, so on and so forth. And it's all part of our journey. So the more we are in tune with who we really are, the more we are centered in the heart. I don't mean the heart as in the organ. I mean in our heart space, yeah, which is our feminine side at this stage, which is the receiving, the love, the expression, the creativity. This is what we need more of right now for both men and women to be more in connection, to listen, to look into each other's eyes. And if you are centered in that space, you will ride the golden wave. But if you're not, then what will happen? Exactly what happened when the corona first happened. Fear. Fear is a very masculine energy. And that's the first thing that hit everyone. Fear. And that is our biggest sign. You need to stop and surrender. You've been taken care of in ways you knew it and ways you didn't know it. What makes you think that you're not going to be taken care of now? But in the end, if you don't believe, then the universe will reflect back to you exactly what you what you believe in. So if you think that this year is very difficult, this is exactly what will be proven to you. The universe will tell you, go ahead, I will give you more difficulties. But if you believe that something great is happening, then this is what will conspire. The problem is when people go into those beautiful thoughts part of the day, and then the rest of the day, they are complaining, they're speaking ill, they're having these uh, uh, low vibrational thoughts. What will win? 
of course, the low vibrational thoughts because they are fed with very um, emotional, you, you know, high emotions of past experiences. And then you sit in a group that is talking in the same way and you feed it further and, and it's a huge pendulum and you don't finish. Do you ever ask yourself, what if? Like, uh, what if you had never departed from your career in fashion or vice versa? What if you had never embraced this new path? What if? Well, everything happens in its own divine timing. Everything is meant to happen at its right time. There is no, no regrets. Probably I wasn't ready to do this before. Probably I myself, because if you want to help people, you need to be okay in the area where you're helping others. You know, just like going to a dentist. If his teeth are not good, how can you go to him? Would you say that being a successful fashion designer has enabled you to become a successful therapist? Absolutely. It gave me confidence. It made me reach more people. I knew it. I was 100% clear on it versus when I was completely in the shadow. I had no idea. Why was I doing fashion design? There was something missing, something major missing. And then I got my clear answer. You, you're just doing it so you reach more people. So you have more confidence to speak up, to help. And the moment I realized it, I thanked fashion and I'm very grateful for it and for where it took me. And uh, I went on where I belong. How do you balance your public profile from red carpet event uh, to roles as uh, being regional ambassador of She Said, etc., with your private life and your current role? Sure. Well, I give more time now to the healing than to, to the marketing, let's say. Mm -hmm. But I don't prevent myself. If it brings me joy, if that event brings me joy, I will go. I won't stop myself. But if I don't have a great feeling about it, I won't go, no matter who the brand is or who is hosting this event. And um, I keep it natural. It, you know, it's, it's very dangerous to be in the spotlight and if you let it uh, play around with you because that, that would be very egocentric. And that would be the opposite of what I'm trying to do. So as long as you purify your intentions, then the balance is already there. And as long as you prioritize, then the balance is there. And how does your daughter see you? Oh, she's beautiful. She's amazing. She is my biggest teacher. She's my biggest, biggest teacher. She was four and a half when she felt extremely sick. And, and she hardly spoke, you know, her, her, her linguistic. Um, skills were not so strong yet she would beg me to leave my job at NBC imagine she would tell me mama please leave your work please leave your work and she's just a child but we have to be aware that children especially the new generation have extremely high energy and extremely high vibration and very high awareness it is us that we strip them away from their power as they grow up by telling them to dream less, to put their feet on the ground, to, you know, this is what we do, just like most of our parents have done to us. And why do you think that she didn't want you to continue your job on TV instead of maybe being proud of seeing you on, uh, on the screen? Was it maybe taking you away from her? Mm -hmm. I used to work 12 hours a day and, and I mean, you know, I had fashion in between. I wasn't seeing her. She would suddenly, I would look at her and suddenly her body is growing up. Like, where was she? And if she made a mistake, I can't really scold her or lecture her because I wasn't there. Based on what am I being your mother now? And she would look at me like that. Like, who are you? 
to talk to me like that. So this is priorities, priorities. I'm not saying to sit with no work. I'm not saying to not take care of myself, to take care of her. No, but I need to prioritize. Was that job making me happy? Was it bringing me joy? No, it wasn't. So why why was I in it? For the money? What good will this money do to me when I had no good experience with my daughter and I'm not enjoying myself? And she was my biggest teacher. I had to prioritize. I come first and then my daughter and then everyone else. And when I say I come first, I don't say it from a selfish perspective. I say it from a self-love point of view. It could be money. It could be pride. It could be fame. And actually, as you've been um, working in first person with uh, top celebrities, again, in Hollywood, as we said, um, what are the real pros and cons uh, that comes with being constantly on the headlines? Uh, what are the ripple effects that come with fame? Yeah, well, I like to observe their lives, the celebrities, because several of them are my friends. So I, I don't envy them, frankly speaking. The, the lack of privacy, the, and you know, They have their own self-issues and they have their own insecurities, major insecurities, despite their fame. So I look at them just like all other people look at them. But when it comes to me, wow, for addressing them, I, I don't let it get into my brain. It's just a very nice marketing gig. And that's it. That's about it. It doesn't make me any different. It doesn't make me the champion of the world. Nothing. It affects nothing. It's an illusion. Nothing else. And when you realize that and understand that, be grateful for the experience, end of story. Don't let it play too much into you and don't, don't dramatize it. It's nothing. It's just a marketing thing. How did you remain true to yourself throughout uh, TV shows, red carpet events, uh, um, magazine covers? How did you remain true to Aisha? Ironically speaking, Al Arabiya and NBC helped me stay true to myself because um, so at some point I was a... I was a stylist on uh, Dubai TV. I was an on-screen stylist. And uh, I, I was requested, and it was like an order, basically, to, to breathe fashion, to live fashion, to do everything fashion. I became so superficial. But then I'd go back to work, and you see the sorrows and the blood and all of that. So it puts you back down to earth. So this brought me the balance. But then I chose that, okay, I don't want to be up on cloud nine all the time. But at the same time, I don't want soro all the time. It's a choice. It's a conscious choice. I'm enchanted, uh, Aisha. I'm totally enchanted by what you're saying. And now, uh, last but not least, our paramount question. What does Unlimited mean to you? <laughs> well, first of all, it's a very nice name for you guys. But Unlimited for me is to discover your true essence and, and expand. See how far can you go? How deeply can you love? How jealous can you get? How much forgiveness can you give? Like literally expand in your light and shadows, which are, which are our core qualities. And discover who can you be? Who do you want to be? Who do you choose to be? Expand. If you limit yourself, you cannot expand. And if you think that expansion comes only through going through the light, you're mistaken. Lights and shadows were not created for us to deny one of them they were created so we experience them and then choose if we want to balance between both wow light and shadow like yin and yang um, Aisha I'd like to thank you for being with us today it's been a tremendous pleasure chatting with you 
I can feel that everything you say comes from your heart and it couldn't be more powerful. So thank you again for being with us at Unlimited today. The honor is all mine. Daniela, what a beautiful interview. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. Really, I'm so, so grateful for you. Thank you for listening. We hope you found it inspiring and fulfilling. Please subscribe to Unlimited on your favorite podcast app so you won't miss out on our next stories. To learn more about our content, please log on to our website and follow us at unlimited.me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and help us building a truly unlimited community. Thank you.